Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, we're going through Luke. We're in chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 12 to 24 today. Let me kind of give you an overview of what's happening so far. The writer Luke has been focusing on some incidents that's happening from Jesus' life because he wants to make a point through Jesus' teachings and his actions to help us to understand that what Jesus is pointing to is that the kingdom is open to everybody if they will come by faith. The kingdom is open to everybody if they come by faith. Now, why do, why do I need to make that point here? Why, why is Luke wanting to make that point? I think this is especially important for the church today, especially our church and the church in North America, because there is a sense in which we actually, if you look at most Christians today who go to, to churches, we actually have a lot more in common with the Pharisees in the Gospels than we do with the people who are just hanging out with Jesus. Do you realize that? We have a lot more in common with the Pharisees who thought they had their act together, who, who, who knew they were on their way to heaven, and who kind of looked down their nose at everybody else because they figured they were sinners and, you know, we don't want to have anything to do with them and, you know, they're just going to corrupt us and they deserve to go to hell. And we have more in common with the Pharisees than we do with the people that Jesus hung out with. Now, what kind of people did Jesus hang out with? Well, the Pharisees said that Jesus hung out with sinners, with wine-bibber. In fact, they accused him of being a glutton and a wine-bibber, somebody who, who drank and somebody who ate. Now, now, the point is, I want you to see is, this is what the writer is trying to get us to understand. He's trying to get us to understand that the kingdom is open to everyone who comes by faith. So today especially, when we look at this passage, the emphasis is going to be on spiritual outcasts. We're going to talk about spiritual outcasts. Now, as we talk about that word, immediately in your mind, this is where you're going to, this is going to determine where we're at today as we talk about this. When I use the term spiritual outcasts, a picture is going to emerge in your mind. Now, here's what's going to emerge in your mind with that picture. You're going to think about somebody who is a spiritual outcast. And the chances are the person that you're thinking about is somebody who's not here because of sin in their lives. Because they're a sinner. And in your mind, that's the spiritual outcast. But when we go through this passage, you might be surprised what Luke is going to show us is the spiritual outcast. Because ultimately what we're talking about is who is the spiritual outcast with God, not who the spiritual outcast is with you. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at verse 12 through 14, and we're going to try and glean some things from this for ourselves today. Look with me at verse 12. Then he said to him who invited him, When you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, 
for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant to the supper time, and he said to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask that you have me excused. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and reported these things to the master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you are commanded. And still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come that my house may be filled. For I say to you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. He's talking there about the ones who made excuses. Now here's what we can do, folks. We can take this passage, and really we can divide it into three sections. First of all, we're going to see the encouragement, the encouragement that Jesus gives us here. Then we're going to see the lack of commitment. We're going to see the lack of commitment that we find among those who are invited, and then we're going to see the harsh reality. So let's look, first of all, the encouragement. The first thing is, he's at a meal, Jesus looks at the guy who's hosting the meal, and he gives him some advice. And the first thing Jesus tells him is, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone. Because look in verse 12, he says, when you have a dinner, don't just invite your friends, don't just invite your relatives, don't even invite your rich neighbors. Because those folks, when they get a chance, will reciprocate, and they'll invite you to their parties. And so then what we do is we, we, we hang out with the people that we like to be around with. In fact, I've noticed, you know, because I am an outsider, but I have noticed that there's a tendency among folks in this area, and here's what we do. We only hang out with who? Family. So we have clan gatherings. We have family reunions and you know and all these different things and we like oh I can't wait to go there and hope Aunt Bertha brings those that dessert again oh but we need to stay away from Susie's casserole that's not good isn't that what we do we, we hang out in our clan gatherings and so when we do stuff we invite our friends over nobody would ever think of inviting somebody who's not a part of us but here's what Jesus is saying look when you when you he says to this guy if you're gonna have a big feast you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to reach beyond your comfort zone. Don't just invite people that you like. Or have you noticed there's an interesting part of that verse there, if you look at verse 12, and your rich neighbors. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll extend beyond our group if we could actually maybe gain the favor of somebody else who's important. That's what Jesus is pointing out here. He says, don't invite those. Get out of your comfort zone. Why? There's no reward for mutual hospitality. There's no blessing in just inviting people you know. People who can repay you with, you know, you have a barbecue and you invite them to your barbecue, but then they have some kind of a big meal and they invite you over to their house for a big ham or whatever. And, and it goes back and forth where you're inviting the same people over and over. You're hanging out with the same people. 
and, and, and you're repaying each other. There's no blessing in that, Jesus is saying. Not at all. Now, he's making a point here. Why is he making the point? Because the Pharisees only hung out with themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? They only hung out with themselves. Now, we can get that way as a church, can't we? Where the only people we're going to invite to church are people who are just like what? Us. And that stuff happens. And so we want to have people who are just like us, people who aren't going to make us uncomfortable. But see, this is what Jesus is saying. Folks, as a church, we've got to get out of our comfort zones. We've got to get out of beyond our holy huddle, where it's just us few and no more. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to get out of there, because there's no reward for mutual hospitality. Why? He's saying here, reach out to the rejected. Reach out to the rejected. Look at what he says there. Verse 13, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And you have to understand, you're in a culture where if somebody is affected physically, if they're not right, perfect physically, you're talking about a culture, especially with the Pharisees, where they began to view people as that they must be being judged by who? God. Because they're not perfect. Jesus is saying, look, you get out of your comfort zone. There's no reward in just reaching out to people who are just like you. There's no reward in mutual hospitality. You reach out to the rejected. You reach out to the people that nobody's going to accept. Now, just stop for a moment. You probably already know who they are. Just talking about it, you already know who they are. Because they're the people that you wouldn't go out to lunch with. They're the people that you won't go to a movie with. They're the people you would never invite. Because... They're less than you. Do you understand? They're the rejected. They're the ones you reject. This is what Jesus is saying. Get out of your comfort zone. Reach out to the rejected. Why? Because, here's why. Look at what he says there, verse 14. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Here's what he's saying. Your reward will be great in heaven. Your reward will be great in heaven. Do you understand? Well, you know what? When we throw parties now, we invite the same people over and over again. Jesus is saying, okay, that's good, but why don't you invite somebody who can't repay you, who can't invite you to their party? Because they can't afford a party. Because they can't cook a burger. See, if you do that, the fact that they can't repay you means that you're doing it because you're waiting for somebody else to repay you. Who's that God? And his reward will be great in heaven. That's where you need to be repaid. Not right now with an attaboy. That's, that's, that, that, that's not the reward. The reward is what God gives you. So that's the encouragement he gives you. So while he's saying that, while he's doing this encouragement, look with me in verse 15. Some guy speaks up. One of the Pharisees, now you talk about it's, it, it's really interesting when you read this. It's almost like, here's Jesus, he's telling these guys, I mean, he's specifically telling this story to these people who are exclusive. There's only going to be them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody else is going to hell. I mean, if they're exclusive. So here he is, he's talking, and all of a sudden this guy speaks up and says, just because he's heard them talk about the kingdom of God, he says, blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. He makes this profound spiritual statement like, I'm going to be one of them. It's going to be great to be in heaven. And so Jesus then goes from there, and he talks about their lack of commitment. 
And then he gives them a harsh reality. So let's look at that. Look with me. First of all, verse 15, here's what's happening. Our assumptions can deceive us. This guy's making an assumption when he speaks up. He's making an assumption that he's going to be eating bread in the kingdom of heaven. That's why he said that. He's making this assumption that he's going to be there because he's got this exclusive attitude. You know, the spiritual outcasts, they're not going to be there. But those who are faithful, we're going to be eating bread in the kingdom of heaven. See, here's the thing. He's being deceived. He's being deceived by his own assumptions. He's, his assumptions are assuming that he's going to make it. But the reality is, is when you see what Jesus is saying, he isn't going to make it. You know, as I was reading this, I was thinking about our situation here in North America. Here in the last five to six years, I have, I have met people who are like this guy sitting at the table, who miss what Jesus is telling us to do, and who are longing for heaven. What are you talking about, George? Well, if your dude doesn't get elected, and the economy isn't the way it's supposed to be, and you're looking at this, that, or another, the way things are going in the country, Jesus must be coming back. The rapture is going to be here. And I have heard that so many times from people, that because things aren't going well in America, we must be close to Jesus coming back. Now you say, why does that tick you off? Well, I happen to travel outside of America a lot. And most of the world lives in what we would call poverty. And it hasn't changed for them at all, ever. And actually, when you look at what God is doing and what the kingdom is doing, it, there are tremendous things that are happening in sub-Sahara Africa, tremendous things that are happening in Asia, tremendous things that are happening in South America. God is doing wonderful things around the world. He just doesn't happen to be doing them here in the United States. And when I listen to people who make those kind of statements that the rapture must be soon, they're deceiving themselves by their assumptions. They're deceiving themselves. Because they've got this lazy chair mentality. You know what I mean? They're more focused on the rapture than what Jesus told us to do. They're more focused on... It's almost like, you know, you've got the lazy boy. How many of you got a lazy boy? Don't you love those lazy boys? You get in there, you got off work. Oh, I hope the wife doesn't tell me to do something. And, 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 you, and you ease on back. Oh. Where's my controller? Kids, bring me my controller. And it's like, and, and, and that's where many Christians are. It's like, oh, Jesus, come back. I know it's soon. I'm waiting. He didn't tell you to get in a lazy boy. He told you to get out of your comfort zone. See, this guy's totally missing it. And so many Christians today are totally missing it. Totally missing it. Totally. And so when I hear people lamenting, I usually watch their lives. I usually watch their lives when they tell me, Tell me that they're just waiting, the rapture's happening soon. I always look at their lives, and here's what I always find out about them. They don't reach out to anybody. They're just focused on themselves. Focused on themselves. The assumption can deceive us. Here's what we do. We make excuses for ourselves. This is what these guys are doing. So Jesus gives this story about this master. The master is God. God's going to have this big feast. He's going to have a big shindig. And so he sends out... He sends out his servant to find out those he has invited. And he goes to them and listen to these excuses. I mean, they're pretty lame. They're pretty lame. Here's what they do. He sends out his servant. The first guy says, you know, I bought a piece of land. And i got to go out and see it. I mean, I just bought it. I haven't been there yet. I mean, I bought it, sight unseen, bought a land. i got to go see it. So 
Can I be excused? The next guy, I just bought five yoke of oxen. Let me just explain to you, what's five yoke of oxen? That's ten big oxes. And i got to test that baby out. I know you're having a big shindig, but i got to test them out. We're gonna, I'm going to go plow a field with them. I mean, how lame is that? I mean, you can plow a field anytime. Here's what's going on. Still another one. I got married. I can't be there. Now, what's, what's the lame excuse here? What's the, every one of those excuses are lame. Do you know what I'm saying? What's going on here? It talks about how much they valued the invitation of the one who gave it. What they're saying is, is that your invitation to this big shindig is not important enough for me to give time to it. The everyday things are more important. Do you ever notice that? That's what they're talking about, everyday things. Everyday things are more important. See, and, and listen, you, you, you've been there, haven't you? We invited somebody over to your house, and they said, oh, well, you know, we got to go to Dubois to the mall. Sorry, we can't come to your party. We've just been dying to go over there for a long time. We haven't made it. Okay, thank you. And then you get off the phone, and you're like, that's lame. Come on. You know, this is what's going on here. We make excuses for ourselves. You say, what do you mean for ourselves? Listen, folks, God's talking to some of you here. He's talking to some of you here, and he's telling you to get out of your comfort zone. It's maybe with somebody you're working with at work, or it's maybe your neighbor, or it's maybe even a family member who, you know, if they weren't part of your family, you wouldn't have anything to do with them, but they are part of your family, so you've got to do something with them. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about? And, and the reality is, is that God's talking to you, and he's telling you something about, but you're making excuses. You're making excuses in your life. Well, I don't really have time for this, Jesus. Ever notice I haven't done that one? I got time for this, Lord. They made excuses, and they're lame. They're lame. There's a lack of commitment there. These Pharisees, they made all kinds of excuses. People around them are needing to see God, the true God, and understand the true message of the gospel. But here's the problem. They're not at all interested. They're only interested in themselves. Again, they got that lazy boy mentality. Bring me my remote. Beat me up, Jesus. Here's the harsh reality. Here's what Jesus is saying. Look with me. Verse 21 to 22. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And the master of the house, being angry, is, is it any wonder he's angry? Said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and there's still room. Then the master said to the servant, Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Here's what's going on. First of all, others will respond. You know what? You don't go and do what Jesus tells you to do. Somebody else will raise up. He'll, he'll go to somebody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will raise up somebody else. Others are going to respond. Here he's specifically saying, you don't want to accept my invitation? Fine. The maim and the lame, they will. The people that you're rejecting, the so-called spiritual outcasts, the ones that you don't want to have anything to do with, they're going to respond to me. They're going to respond to me. And, and, look at where, and we're focusing on the people. Who, you know who we're focusing on? We're focusing on people who make excuses. And there's somebody else who's interested and we're not. Others will respond. Do you understand? This is what Jesus is saying. 
The harsh reality is, is that others are going to respond. Others are going to respond. You've got to grasp that because here's what's going to happen. You'll be left out. You will be left out. It's pretty harsh here because you're going to say, what am I going to be left out of? Well, the implication of the text is that you're going to be left out of heaven. The implication of the text is you're not going to be a part of his feast. Now you say, how? I mean, I'm saved. I don't need to worry about that. I mean, but the implication is is that we need to reach out beyond those. The greatest expression of your faith is not being self-focused. Are you listening to me? But it's reaching out to those who are outcasts. And what Jesus is saying here is this, that if you don't do that, the true outcast is you. You get that? The spiritual outcast isn't the one that is rejected that's out there. It's the one who doesn't reach out. That's who the true spiritual outcast is. So you say, okay, George, how do, how do we bring this down? How do we bring this down to our level? Where are we at? Well, I've got two questions for you, and then I'll give you a point, an action point for this week. So number one, who is really the outcast with God? Remember I told you at the beginning, I said when I mentioned the spiritual outcast, you're going to have a picture come to your mind of who that spiritual outcast is, and it's probably somebody that in your mind is so far from God, he doesn't want to have anything to do because of sin in their life or whatever. You're, you're thinking about somebody outside. But after hearing what Jesus is saying is from this passage, you know, the question is, who really is the outcast? And you don't have to be honest. I'll, I'll use me because I can't talk about you because all, that's between you and God. But if I have to be honest with George, it's me. It's me because I would reject others that Jesus would reach out to. It's me because I would immediately picture in my mind somebody that I wouldn't reach out to because I would think of them as an outcast. It's me. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Who's, who's really the spiritual outcast? Here's the second question. Are you making excuses? Are you making excuses? Because I can almost guarantee you, if you know Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith and trust in Him, I can almost guarantee you, I know this because I know this from my own life, the Holy Spirit is going to be pointing people out to you. He's going to point out some co-worker you don't like. He's going to point out some neighbor whose cat uses your garden as his bathroom. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you don't like that. Or their dog comes over. Why my yard? Did you know what I'm saying? There's somebody you don't like. And, 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 and God's been laying them on your heart. God's been telling you to do something. But you've got excuses. I just bought a piece of land. I've never seen it. I'm going to go see it now today instead of talk to him. i got ten yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. I just got married. What are your excuses? Well, they probably wouldn't listen to me anyhow. They'll just say no. What are your excuses? Here's the action point. If we're going to if we're going to take what Jesus is saying here, if we're going to apply it to our lives, if we're going to make rubber meets the road this week, what do we got to do? Reach out, reach beyond your comfort zone to others. 
Reach beyond your comfort zones. You don't know what you're asking, George. Oh, yeah, I do. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you know my personality. I've been here 11 years. Some of you know me well enough now. Especially if you first meet me, the German comes out in me. I have a tendency to come across as being pretty snooty. Hi. I got to warm up to you first. And once, once I warm up to you, it's like, when is he going to leave me alone? You know, but when you first meet me, so I understand. I understand. But you've got to. How will they hear unless they have somebody tell them? You know, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. I would not be here if somebody didn't reach out beyond their comfort zone. Because I think about the guy who was instrumental in my coming to Jesus Christ. He was a guy, you'll never know him, you'll never meet him. His name was Ray. He was an engineering student. He came from a Christian home. He did not do the things that I did. I remember I'd go to calculus class because I was an engineering student. And I'd sit out in the hallway and smoke my cigarettes. And then go in and I'd prop my feet up in his chair. And then he'd have to come. Every, every day he'd have to come. Did you move your feet? Okay. And, and so I, I kind of took pity on him, this Christian kid, and became his friend. But he reached out beyond. I mean, I was different. My mouth was filthy. Every other word coming out of me was a curse word. But he invited me to a Bible study. I wouldn't know until six months after I got saved that he went to his church on a Wednesday night prayer meeting and said, I want you to pray for a student by the name of George Cannon that he would get saved. He reached out of his comfort zone. If he hadn't have done that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have married a great gal that I married. I wouldn't have the great kids that I have. I wouldn't be your pastor. I probably would be living in South Carolina, an alcoholic, and maybe divorced several times over. It's all because somebody reached out. Some of you here, you have the same testimony. Somebody reached out to you. So this week, you reach out of your comfort zone. So you want me to carry my Bible and no, don't bang them over the head. How about just say hi first of all? Do you know what I'm saying? How about the first thing is hi? Because some of you won't talk to people, and when they pick themselves floor because they're shocked that you said hi to them, maybe you could engage in a conversation with them and find out where they're at. And then ultimately lead them to Jesus. See, who's really the spiritual outcast here, folks? It's me.
and it's some of you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.